0: looking at the church, how it used to be, the way it used to be, but my emphasis is the way God meant it to be. Because no doubt we have lost something of how God desired and designed his church to be. And you know, one of the things that I wanted to emphasize that when we go back into the New Testament, we go back into the Acts of the Apostles, which records for us how the church began, and some of their early dealings with God and God's dealings with them, we can catch a little glimpse of how God meant his church to be. How church used to be before cultural, denominational, personal influences all began to alter and shape the church. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the not so good. And when we cry and look and we see the early church, we see something there that my heart longs for in this church, in this community, in this town. The early church, as God meant it to be, was a community of God's people, of believers, where the presence of God was evident, where the power of God was evident, where they proclaimed the good news, of salvation by faith through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Imagine we got those three things. In absolute evidence, in abundance, the presence of God is about us, not just on a Sunday. This is what we've got to get a hold of. We're not just a church in this building, but all the time, the presence of God is evident about our lives. Do you look or appear or sound any different to the ungodly people around you? Or do you just fit in with the crowd? we well, have got to be different. The presence of God. The power of God. Now you may not go home this afternoon and you know, perform a miracle. Okay? That may not happen. And you raise someone from the dead on the way home. On the, that may not happen to you. But listen. The miracles, and that's one of the things that we will do because the early church was miracle embracing. They were open and they wanted and they desired and they seen the miracles of God. We're not doing that this week, but we will do that another, another week. But you see, the miracles of God, we sometimes set them away out there and we make them so big. The miracle of God is God doing what you can't do. Other person may be able to do it, but you can't do it and God steps in and the miracle takes place. God does something that leaves us amazed, leaves us in awe. But that's another time. And people who proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is what we are about. There is no other way to heaven except through faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. You know what I want to try and do this morning? is There's a verse in Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. And this is not long after Paul was saved, after he went along the road of Damascus. And it says in this verse... It says the early church, the church, you know, they were enjoying peace, they were enjoying strength, they were enjoying the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and they were increasing in numbers. They were living in the fear of the Lord. They were living in the fear of the Lord. And how God means his church to be, how God means us to be, living in the fear of God. A community of saints living in the fear of God. Not afraid of God. Because we know the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. So living in the fear of God is if you were the cower in, in, in fear and, and, and anxiety. That God might do something disastrous to you. Perfect love casts out all that fear. But the early church, they, they they journeyed with God, they walked with God. God increased them, God blessed them with peace, blessed them with strength, encouraged them by the Holy Spirit as they lived in fear of the Lord. To live in fear of the Lord, as we're speaking about it, as we speak about it in Acts, as God desires it, is that we live with a sense of awe. This is God. This is almighty God we're worshipping we're praying to we're reading about we're hearing about this is almighty God a sense of honour this is God you treat him with respect treat him with respect now sometimes we have turned treating God into respect the way we behave in church you dress in a certain way that respects God God made you naked you don't really bother what you look like it's because in the heart. Sometimes we've filled it with the outward appearance. Got to be quiet in church. Listen, we're all shouting in heaven at the minute. Because I know there's a corner in heaven going, Come on, Joe, come on, Joe, come on, Joe. Okay, there's not, I don't know that. All right, But I know there are shouts in heaven at this moment in time. Living in the fear of the Lord is about having a reverence for God. And this is my challenge for you this morning. And you know, this is a big challenge for every single one of us. The challenge is that whatever we do, wherever we go, whatever we say, whatever we think, our hearts desire, if it is to fear the Lord, it will be to please him in what we say, what we do, where we go. If you fear the Lord, there's a consciousness, you know, I've got to honour God in this. I've got to please God. I've got to delight God in this. Let me illustrate it in this way. I reckon that most husbands in this room are not afraid of their wives. Am I right? Most husbands in this room are not afraid of their wives. Now, before my wife gets wrong ideas... (laughs) Most husbands, I think all husbands, should live in fear of their wives. You don't have to be afraid of them, but you can live in fear of your wife. Pulling up onto the drive, on the car, looking, what sort of mood is she in today? As the boss of kind to her today, I'm going to get it in the neck? Because, no, not that kind of afraid, but living in fear of your wives that you will seek to honour her, you'll seek to respect her, you'll seek to please her. Do we live in fear of our wives? Wives, it's still vice versa. Do you live in fear of your husbands? If you're living afraid of your husband, you ain't got a husband. Do we live in fear with the honor, with the respect, with the love, with the desire to please them? Do we do what we know is going to honor them when we're with them, when we're away from them? Do we do what is going to please them? Do we think and say what is going to please them? Not so you get brownie points. not so you'll have a nice evening, not so you won't get nagged, because you'll love them. Because you love him. You want to honour him. And it's the same with living in the fear of the Lord. I want to honour him. I want to please him. I want to respect him. I want to love him. I want to do anything that is going to make God feel good about me being his child. You know, we please God by discovering and doing the will of God. We please God when we live by faith. We please God when we determine our lives will be free from the entanglements of this world. We please God when we are open to God doing his work and his will in our lives. That when the challenge of the Holy Spirit comes, we listen. We don't argue, we'll listen. When the Spirit of God begins to say, no, that is not acceptable in heaven. That is not acceptable. You want the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven? The Spirit of God is saying, no, it's not acceptable in heaven. We please God when we seek to live in a way that will honor Him, please Him, that will bless Him in the whatever's. You've heard this phrase, sometimes people would say to you, say something to me, whatever. Whatever. That means they couldn't care less. I think that's what it means anyway. Whatever. But when it comes to us, God begins to say, no, I'm not happy with that. Our whatever should be okay. Whatever it takes, I will please you. Whatever it takes, I will honor you. Whatever it takes. You know the, the verse, and we know this. Maybe you know this verse is in Philippines 2 and, and verse 12, and it, it encourages us, Paul encourages us, that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So we live out our, our Christian life, the, the salvation that we've all come into, that we live it out in fear and in trembling. Now remember when we say fear, we're not talking about being frightened of God, that we carve before him, we think he's going to beat us up, because perfect love casts out all fear. But live out, work out your salvation with honour, respect, with love, with desire to please God. But I always find it interesting on these occasions, and, and there's a number of other occasions that Paul says, fear and trembling. There's a bigger emphasis here when he says, Look, in fear, with all the honor, with all the respect, and with, with all the pleasing of God, but and trembling. And I think he's, in, he's increasing the awareness of this is a holy thing you are dealing with. This is something unique. The angels long to look into this salvation. The angels haven't got it, but you've got it. And work this out with fear and with trembling. When he sent Titus to the the Corinthians it says, and Paul says this you received him with fear and trembling. He didn't go to to, to get out a big whip and beat everybody up and all the rest of it. But what they said is they received him with fear and trembling. There was an honouring, there was a recognition of the office and the calling of God that Titus and Paul were filling. They honored it. They didn't want to be a burden to the leaders, but with fear and trembling, they recognized with awe the position and the role that he was filling. Paul said to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 3, he said, I came to you with fear. And trembling. Paul recognised. The position that he was in. Before God. Was not to be taken lightly. And he regarded it. As something to be in awe of. That God has put me in this role. In this position. I wonder sometimes. If we think like that. When it comes to the house of God. When the Bible says. "You do whatever you do. Do it unto Jesus. We think with the same awe. Now I don't mean it when you go in and you make the tea and coffee this morning, Mark and June. you don't go, whoa, there's a glow in the coffee this morning. That's all being awe of the coffee this morning. It's an attitude of the heart that I'll do this for Jesus. That I'll do this to honour and I'll do this to please God. Whatever we do, when we do the painting, it'll be tiring and it'll be messy we can do it for the kingdom. We can do it for God. We do it for Jesus. Let's treat the things of God. With this awe. With a reverence. And I think sometimes. And this is what maybe has happened. That because the modern world. Doesn't like the idea of God. Being a God of judgment. The idea of, of God punishing. God doesn't, but the world doesn't like the idea of, of hell. That we have let that influence the church to create a nice, pink, fluffy, kind God who only ever does nice things, who only ever does kind things who we should never be frightened of because our God is a nice God. He is a nice God. But we've overemphasized the world perhaps has influenced the church to overemphasize he's nice, he's kind, he's pink, he's fluffy, he's all things bright and wonderful. Sometimes even the church Has changed how God wants to be perceived. And the church has made the grace of God so cheap. I know I don't deserve it, but we've made it so cheap. We don't really care what we do, where we go, what we think, what we say. Because God loves me, God will forgive me. I'm going to heaven. Listen. are you? Are you? It's the fruit of your life. It's the fruit that comes from your life. The fruit that you would expect from the spirit of God resident within you. So the world has made God nice, pink and fluffy. And we perhaps have made God so cheap. We can do whatever he wants because we're getting into heaven anyway. You know, the Greek word. Now, I don't do Greek normally because I don't understand it and I can't write it. I can't read it. But the Greek word here, because I can say this one, the Greek word here for fear is phobos. Obviously, you know what what it influences in terms of phobias. But the Greek word that is used here is phobos. And in Scripture, it not only the word fear as it is used that we see it each time. It not only involves the reverence that we have talked about and the honour that we have talked about, that we all know about, but the very same word includes dread and it includes terror and it includes that which strikes terror into a person. If your fear, if the fear that you have for God is not to honour him, is not to be in awe of him, is not to do the things that please him. Your fear will be that one that dreads the judgment of God. The one that dreads the judgment of God. But is this phobos, this fear that involves dread and terror, is this something that as Christians we should feel in relation to God? Is that something that should ever enter into our lives in relation to God because after all perfect love casts out all fear but you know as I see it in the early church in Acts chapter 5 and verse 11 in the story of Ananias and Sapphira how they tried to deceive God how they tried to con God and keep money that belonged to God says after God moved in chapter 5 and verse 11 They were seized with fear. They were seized with fear. Something of dread came into their hearts. And I think what they realized was, God is not someone to be messed about with. God is not someone to be fooled with. You can't mess God about. You're either serious for God, or you just take it as it comes. God's never intended his church just to take it as it comes. You know, and I'm sure you've seen this, when someone dies, when someone passes away, when someone goes into eternity, when we're confronted with a near-death experience, people often take stock of what really matters in life. They stop, they pause, they think, what are the most important things in my life? Perhaps this is what happened to the early church. They were confronted with this, They seen the move of God. They were filled with fear. And they seen that there was consequences to offending God. To treating the things of God without reverence. To treating the salvation, the life that God has brought us into. They seen that there was a consequence to not honouring God, to not treating Him with reverence. But you know what often happens when we have had to take stock of life and what really matters once the tragedy has passed, people often go back to the way they were before. Sometimes living recklessly, without any spiritual care, without any concern for the consequences of treating God in this way. You know, here's a statement worth bearing in mind, probably sums up everything I'm trying to say to you. Walking in the fear of the Lord requires a consciousness that God is watching and a consistency in seeking to please God in the whatever's in the wherever's of life living with that consciousness God's watching you now you can live with that with dread or you can live with that with joy because you're doing what pleases God and if you do what's right what pleases God you'll be guaranteed God say yes come on Living without consciousness. You know, if we read through the book of Proverbs, and there's loads of verses in the book of Proverbs about the fear of the Lord. It begins with, it's the beginning of wisdom. Fearing God is the beginning of being wise. Fearing God, fearing the Lord, will cause us to hate evil. Fearing God means you'll live longer. Some of you have really feared God, haven't you? Think about it. Fearing God makes you live longer. Fearing God prompts you to depart, to flee from evil. Fearing God says it leads to a satisfying life and spurs people from evil. Fearing the Lord, Proverbs 22 and verse 4, is the way to riches, to honour, and to life. Let me finish with this. What can you do to fear God? If you're going to learn to live a life like the early church and you're going to live it out and say, yes, I'm going to walk in fear of God, in the right kind of fear. I don't need to dread God. But I'm going to walk in this kind of fear that I've got a consciousness that wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm saying, whatever I'm thinking, I will fear the Lord. Let me just encourage you. Wait in the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Your faith has been increased this morning. Just hearing the word of God. To believe that it is possible to please God. It's been increased. You don't have to live in dread of God. As you wait in the word. The fear of the Lord will also increase in you. In Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, in chapter 31, there's instruction there that the people of God were together every seven years for the reading of the word of God, for this reason, so that they might learn to fear God. They had to keep coming back in God's instruction, hear the word of God. Hear the guidance, the instruction, the revelation, the wisdom of God for this reason so that you can learn what it is to walk in the fear of the Lord. It tells us this in Peter. In 2 Peter verses 3 and verse 7. Since everything will be destroyed. He's talking about the end times. Since everything will be destroyed What kind of people ought you to be? He answers the question, thankfully. You ought to live holy and godly lives. Grow in a fear from the Word of God. Wait in the Word of God and discover what God desires to come from our lives. By waiting in the wonders of the Lord just got to read through the Psalms and you'll see there how the Psalms, they they considered the wonders of God. The miracles of creation, the miracles of life, the miracles of deliverance, the miracles of the plans of God over their lives. In Psalm 89 and verse 7 it says, God is greatly to be feared in the gathering and the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all that are about him. There's an instruction there that as we wait in the wonders of God as we hear, we look, we watch we consider the wonders of God so that we live in fear of the Lord. Finally, walk in the fear of the Lord. Walk in the fear of God. We sometimes forget who we're walking with, don't we? Do you ever do that when you're out with your wife and you're 14 paces ahead and your wife's coming by hand sometimes we can forget who we're actually walking with we sometimes forget listen we are walking with God we are walking with God now would you walk differently if Jesus was physically beside you would your conversation be differently different if Jesus will sat in the room with you. Well, he is. He said, I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you. He's watching you. Not that you will be filled with dread, so that you would please him. You would delight him. Whenever you we were child, I remember when my son was playing rugby league for the school. And I was there and I was watching him. And this big kid elbowed him in, his, in the eye. And I ran on and got this kid.
1: I kicked
0: him. No well, I didn't. But he elbowed him in the eye. He was looking at me constantly. To get reassurance. Or maybe to make sure I wasn't going to run on him. In the moment. But he was looking at me anyway. Listen, when you go and watch your children do the sports, do whatever they do, whether it's in the Christmas, they're looking out for you. I want to know you're watching. And you know, you'll always watch. No matter how disaster, my son was a disastrous, they won the cup. Okay? So one of my proud moments. They won the cup. And so God's watching you. Not to fill you with dread, but to let you know, hey, that's good. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. But you know, consider your walk. Are you walking in fear with God? You know my challenge? Whatever we do, wherever we go, whatever we say, whatever we think, are we seeking to please God? It's the fear of God there in our spirit that we want hey, I want God to be pleased with this. I want to keep an eye on God. Like children will keep an eye on you when you're in the the Christmas play. Make sure you're smiling and you're happy and you're actually there. Well, listen, keep an eye on God. Make sure He's pleased. He's smiling. He's happy. Do you need to repent this morning? Do you need to get your life back on track and stop faffing about with the things of God? Stop it. This is God we're talking about. This is the one who died on the cross for you. This is the one who wants to give you eternal life. This is the one who wants you to be in his church, vibrant and alive. So stop faffing about with the things of the world. Give you an instant gratification, but you'll take it nowhere with you. Do you need to repent this morning? Do you need to cut off things that hinder you in your journey with God? Do you need to cut them off? Do you need to stop some habits? We all want joy. We all want peace. We all want strength. We all want encouragement. We all want increase. In Acts chapter 9, in verse 11. They got it. Because they walked in the fear of the Lord. They walked in the fear of God. Don't walk in the fear of the Lord to get something out of Him, because you'll be disappointed. Because God knows your heart; He's not going to be manipulated. Walk in the fear of the Lord, because you love Him. You love Him. You want to see out of the corner of your eye. God's pleased. God's happy. God's delighted. <coughs> My am own journey. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your love, your goodness. Father, thank you, Lord, Father. You are watching. And that's something awesome for us to consider in every moment you are watching. So I pray you would help us this morning, every single one of us, Lord, to be conscious of that, to be consistent in that, Lord. I pray this morning where repentance needs to take place, Lord, people will repent. People will put their lives right with you. They'll get it sorted out before you, Lord, and stop this faffing about with the things of God. i speak into lives this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Joel's just going to come and play quietly. The prayer team will be here, and they will pray with you. If you want prayer this morning, someone to help you and direct you with anything God's been challenging you about, then please come forward. You can have some tea and coffee this morning, and even though it's not ready, you can can go into the back room and have tea and coffee. As long as you don't fall over anything, and there are a pile of sandwiches also for you. Okay, bless you.